Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. If you're a regular listener of Western New York Catholic Weekly, you've probably noticed we haven't talked a lot about the election, and we're probably the only ones, but you didn't think I was going to go all the way to election time without at least talking about our uh, duties as Catholics and and forming our consciences. Uh, We call it faithful citizenship, and we're going to talk about that today with a familiar guest on the kills me to actually call you a guest because uh, former host of the program, Kevin Keenan, joins us. Kevin is the uh, director of our public policy committee, uh, the chairperson for our public policy committee for the diocese currently and uh, still involved with some of our uh, organizations helping them out. Kevin, welcome back to the program. Hi, Greg. Thanks very much for having me. Good Uh, to be back. Uh, pleasure to have you here. Um, uh, and we did try to – scheduling didn't work out. We had hoped to have uh, uh, Cheryl Caleri join us as well from uh, Pro-Life to, to kind of talk about that. And I would encourage you – we did talk a little bit about it though. If you go back to our uh, podcast from last month uh, on our podcast page at buffalodiocese.org or wnycatholic.org, she talks all about the uh, opening of the uh, Mother Teresa home and uh, we also discuss some of those issues as well. And that'll get you a little more on the pro-life perspective here as well. Um, so, Kevin, as chairperson of the Public Policy Committee, I actually want to approach it maybe a, a little bit differently because uh, your firm uh, is partners with a group who uh, lobbying is mm-hmm. their forte. That's right. that's really their uh, their thing, and you're on the the, the PR and uh, social media end of end of things there, but. Uh, Man, this election, I mean, it seems like there is no one who is not concerned about it in some way. Have you noticed that from just kind of your, you know, from the public sector? I think you're exactly right. And and it's interesting from the standpoint that it seems like everybody is talking about it. And I'm sure all of your listeners find that in their circles. You probably find that in your circles. I do in mine. Whereas four years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago, Obviously, presidential election years, everything gets ramped up. But I've noticed that just more and more people are talking about it. And typically, people don't want to talk about politics. But this is, you know, you know, the whole religion and politics. This has changed in, in 2016. It's one of those dynamics that's very, very different where you're having these really, I think, interesting, intense conversations about the candidates. And, and it's because of the candidates. It's because of the issues. It's because of the times in which we live, and we've never experienced anything like this. Um, and uh, let me just on uh, several levels, really, and we're going to talk about what our responsibility is as um, as, uh, as Catholics, as Christians, um, just in terms of forming our conscience and whatnot. By the way, I mentioned buffalodiocese.org. This is going to be one of those early and often programs. We, we really want you to go there if you go under the uh, Advocacy and Social Teaching tab on buffalodiocese.org. The Faithful Citizenship material is there. WNYScatholic.org is another great site. Um, you always hear on the show we talk about the Catholic Action Network. We want you to, to be involved with those things. Uh, the USCCB, so you can go to their site. And it's all linked from uh, buffalodiocese.org as well. But um, even if... 
Um, there was not concern about the the candidates, maybe the the direction politics is going or whatnot. It's hard to deny the interest just from a uh, we have the first time we have a, a female candidate. You know, it's the um, yeah. when's the last time you had a guy bankroll his own election mm-hmm. kind of thing? I mean, it Ross just Perot, it Ross Perot, Perot yeah. you know, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and he didn't gain traction. Right. So I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's different on so many levels. Mm-hmm. It's different. You have, you know, the first woman, as you mentioned, you have a candidate who is not a traditional politician. And you also have this intense activity on social media. It was it was really active in 2012. 2016, it's exploded. And I, I think that the politicians have really learned how to use social media and exploit it to their advantages. And and you're also seeing the opponents immediately responding. There's There's no time now for media to oftentimes report what someone has said and get the reaction because the opponents are reacting immediately on social media. Well, let's draw from your, your public relations and public policy background here then on that very point. Used to be, right, um, you would have a public event, a candidate or whatever we're talking about. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be politics. And people would come out and they'd state their position to be a rah-rah session and all that kind of stuff. And you would have time to form a thoughtful, logical response if you are the opponent or if you have an opposing viewpoint and put that out there. So um, is this a good thing that everything is right now? Is that really? I don't think so. One of the things that I advise my clients who are on social media is to think twice before you post. And we're in this. Didn't mom tell us that way <laughs> yeah, back when yeah. had grandma? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And it's, it's so fast now and, and people don't think before they respond. And it's not just politicians. It's everybody. That's the nature of social media. It's instant. So it's instant gratification. It's instant sharing. It's look at me. This is what I think right here, right now. And I'm sure there are many, many cases where people sometimes want to take a step back and say, boy, I wish I had waited for even a minute. But sometimes you need to wait longer than that. It's the same with emails when responding to, to, to emails, that, you, that it's too easy to just compose something and send it and get it out of your inbox. And I, I think we see that on social media all the time, and especially in this political season, that it's just this rapid fire back and forth. It's almost like taking a hose in the face, a yeah. fire hose in the face. It's just it's, – it's relentless and it's hard to consume all of it and, and to stay on top of it. And it's, it's – uh, but – but this is the reality that we're dealing with now. And so, you know, obviously politicians, businesses, individuals, organizations are all trying to figure out how to, to deal with this new reality in which we live. It's not easy. But I, I agree with you. I think that, 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 that in, in many cases it's just too much too fast and there's not a lot of thought that goes into it. And it's hard to kind of navigate those – 
Waters, Kevin Keenan, uh, former director of communications for the Diocese of Buffalo, co-host of this program as well, uh, is the chairperson for our public policy committee for the Diocese of Buffalo. And um, we're really only talking peripherally about this election because we're really talking uh, the issue at hand is public policy, faithful citizenship. And uh, one of the notions we, we talked a little bit before uh, we went on air and this year – a presidential election year, obviously, um, elections are front and center, even if it's not as contentious as this year is. But we forget that every year is an election year, right? That's right, absolutely. And uh, the, the the interest is, you know, it's ramped up immeasurably in in 2016. And I think this will be normal in 2020, regardless of the the candidates. You may not have candidates for president in 2020 who have such high negatives, but I think now it's because of uh, the instant communications that we live in that it's there's always going to be the interest and uh, and I think always the contention. We've seen this building, I think, really since twenty. 2000. That 2000 election is when all of this started with uh, with the contested election, and I think it's it it, it you know it was a little different in 04, uh, but then in 08 and 12 and 16, I think it just is ramping up, and this is what what and there's going to be something different. You know, there's going to be some new technology. I think in 2020 that nobody knows about right now, well, which it, I think is fascinating. Yeah, too. just for, as yeah. an aside from from. That angle, of course. I mean, uh, Facebook, in particular, Twitter are loving the traffic that mm. that they're getting. And you know, there was some talk that, well, Twitter's dead. People are kind of dropping off the interest. Well, not now. Mm-hmm. People have jumped right back on board. You know, because it's so fast. It's, it's so, so fast. Easy. And and if you look at media coverage, it's typically Twitter comments that are being reported, not Facebook, not Instagram. It's 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 almost always yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I, I mentioned navigating the waters, so um, we're going to take a break shortly here uh, on the program. But let me ask the question maybe to lead us into the next segment, and it's the one you hear particularly from Catholics this time of year. Why don't you just tell us who to vote for? That's not the the role that a that a not for profit can do. It's against the law. It's it's basically against the law. And if you are out there endorsing candidates, telling uh, people from the pulpit or in any of your Catholic publications on this radio program, if you're telling people for whom to vote, it's a violation of Internal Revenue Service code, and you would lose your not for profit status. So what it is, what's incumbent upon the Catholic Church as an organization is not to tell individuals for whom to vote, but to educate them on the issues and help guide Catholics in forming their consciences as they prepare to vote. And Bishop Malone taught a class the very first day of school at Our Lady of the Blessed Sacrament in Depew. We taught eighth graders. He gave them a, a lesson on faithful citizenship, which I think that – and that was the idea of George Rickert, the communications director at the diocese. And I think it was a masterful stroke on his part. And, and here's what the bishop told these, these students. He's, the, the Catholic Church considers it a moral responsibility to vote. It is our moral responsibility. And he went on to say the church will never tell us for whom to vote, but the church will raise issues of our time that we consider important to think about as you prepare to vote. And I think that encapsulates it perfectly as far as where the church stands when it comes to 
what you should be doing on election day. And, and we'll talk more about that as far as how you begin to form your conscience and, and, and then go to the uh, voting booth. We definitely will. And of course, Bishop Malone, a uh, tremendous theologian and of course, a theological basis for this as well. Even if we could tell people how to vote, that really goes against our belief in free will. You have the choice as a person and you need to make these choices on your own conscience. Mm -hmm. And that's why you will not see voter guides from official Catholic church organizations. This is an important point. That talk about specific candidates. Any voter guide from the church will just talk about the specific issues and where the Catholic Church stands on those issues. Then it's up to you to use that information as part of your discernment in determining for whom you are going to cast your ballot. Kevin Keenan is our chairperson for the Public Policy Committee of the Diocese. We're going to talk more about faithful citizenship as we continue. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back on Western New York Catholic Weekly. If you're suffering after an abortion, you don't have to suffer alone. The Catholic Church understands, and we would like to help. Through Project Rachel, we offer free, non-judgmental, confidential counseling for anyone suffering from the effects of abortion. Call Project Rachel at 716-847-2205. Remain as anonymous as you like. Call 716-847-2205. We care. Let us help you today. Thank you for joining us again this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Pleased to have back in the seat across from me again, Kevin Keenan, former co-host of this program and director of communications for the diocese, uh, chairperson, continuing as chairperson for our public policy committee of the diocese. And in this election year, we want to uh, talk about faithful citizenship. Let me remind everybody once again, go to buffalodiocese.org. We have a advocacy and social teaching tab on the left-hand side that will take you to pretty much everything that we're talking talking about today. Uh, so faithful citizenship, tell us that, remind us about that concept. Faithful citizenship is a document that was prepared earlier this century by the U.S. Catholic bishops. And it's guidelines for Catholics to use to form their consciences as they take a look at the issues. And, and what are the issues that we're talking about? We're talking about abortion. We're talking about physician-assisted suicide immigration, uh, care for creation, economic policies that impact people. Those are some of the issues that are of great importance to Catholics and the Catholic Church. And the bishop, and I'm going to refer to his lesson on faithful citizenship in early September at Our Lady of the Blessed Sacrament School in Depew, he said, you know, Catholics need to take into account the teachings of Jesus Christ. When they're, when they're considering all of this. He said, it's the lens through which we look at the candidates that we're going to vote for. And this is where I, I really struggle and, and the bishop struggles and he said, it's, it's not always easy to choose a candidate. Yeah. It's not that simple. And he said, you know, there's some candidates that I cannot find a candidate who stands for all the things that I stand for. So it makes it difficult difficult. And, and that's where forming your conscience comes in. And, I, and, I, and, I'm not a, and I'm not an expert on forming conscience. I will tell you this right off. What I would recommend— That's why I'm on this side of the microphone. I talk to people that are. It's, yeah. And I would recommend that, that listeners talk to their pastor. That's where you should go is talk to your pastor and say, 
I'm, you know, how do I form my conscience? You can also learn about this through faithfulcitizenship.org. It takes you through step by step on how you form your conscience and, and the whole discernment process. But I'm not about to begin to get into, <laughs> in, into those weeds. No, but there no, is but information out there. But I would talk to my pastor to, uh, to help me through that process. Well, and I'll, let me back away from politics and, and the election for a minute. Um, if you look at some of our faithful citizenship materials, when we talk about forming conscience, what that's going to help you to do is uh, not just vote better, but it's going to make you a better Catholic because that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. What are These are the fundamentals of Christianity. As you mentioned, it all goes back to what did Jesus Christ teach? Absolutely. And the bishops talk about uh, the importance of seeing beyond party politics when you're when you're looking at all this you've got to take a look at all of his campaign rhetoric and 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 analyze it really carefully and and you should be taking a look at candidates not based on their party affiliation but uh, but what are their principles and and what's their record and how have they voted on these issues if they have never been in elected office what's their position on these issues which are of great importance to the church yeah, and again, that applies to every facet of Catholic and Christian mm-hmm. life. It's you know how we live out our faith, and and that's really how we we approach uh, politics, citizenship, elections, all of those sorts of of items. I I, I don't want to let you go today, so, so I'm going to just throw this in here now. I, I want to talk about the the notion of public policy. As well, because you chair a committee for the diocese, it's important enough that we do have somebody who is looking or a group of somebodies who who are looking at this. Um, it's not that we step out of the political process as a church, right? No, we're very much involved in the public square and, and it goes back to the, the moral responsibility. The church has a very strong voice when it comes to public policy, be it uh, beginning of life issues or end of life issues, uh, the environment, the economy, immigration. Uh, Catholic social teaching plays a huge role in all this in helping to decide what, what uh, we're, we're discussing. Religious freedom is another major, major issue that has been uh, – in the forefront of all of these discussions. Yeah, Catholic it's getting education. pushed to the background yeah. now, which mm-hmm. isn't a good thing. No, no, but right. it's, uh, it's, it's very important. So the, the Public Policy Committee is a group of eight people who are primarily from the parishes. It is, uh, it's a parish-based organization. So we have representatives from most of the eight counties of the uh, the diocese looking at a lot of different issues and it's our role to advise Bishop Malone on matters of public policy. And we've been in existence for a little bit more than a year. We had our first event in September at St. Gregory the Great Parish in Williamsville and it was on physician-assisted suicide. It had a terrific turnout. We had about 80 people there, had great media coverage from the Western New York Catholic, uh, from your program here and uh, as well as secular media. And we had, we had uh, the, a message from the bishop. The bishop was unable to be there but the bishop 
had a message where he really explained the bishop's teachings on physician-assisted suicide. We had Kathleen Gallagher from the New York State Catholic Conference who talked about the public policy aspect. And Dennis Vacco, who is the former New York State Attorney General, who argued before the U.S. Supreme Court against physician-assisted suicide. And he told the justices, he said, let's not do at the end of life what we've done at the beginning of life. And the justices sided with him nine to nothing. So it was a fascinating evening. We had a, it was about a two-hour program, and uh, the people that were there learned a great deal. There's a story in the October Western New York Catholic, which people can take a look at and learn more about that, because this issue is going to come up again in January in the uh, the next session of the New York State Legislature. And Catholics need to be vigilant and, and make sure that we oppose this, because it it really puts individuals again. It's the least vulnerable, the most vulnerable among us are at risk, and and it it could become very easy for people who have no voice for someone else to make a decision that they're no longer productive in society. Let's just end their life for them. Yeah. It, it's it, frightening. And, the, you know, the, the whole issue of, you know, it, it's not just the politics of the insurance and the business end of this, you know, medicine's big business, mm-hmm. you know, and, and unfortunately, so is death. So mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a lot to consider there. If there's not still a copy of the October Western New York Catholic sitting in your uh, parish, if you haven't picked one up, um, WNYCatholic.org. You can read the entire paper online or in a search on the articles. The search function is great there. Um, that's how I tell people to find our podcasts, actually. That very event, Kevin, points to one of the important things as we discuss all of these issues today. And I said it earlier, every year is an election year. We're not just talking about the presidential election, right? This is, in effect, a local issue facing us as citizens of Western New York. Absolutely. And I would encourage people to take a look at the candidates for New York State Senate, New York State Assembly, and where do they stand on physician-assisted suicide? And if you can't find it, call their offices and ask them. It's important to find out because this this is another one of those issues that sends us down a slippery slope. And people need to know where these candidates stand and and then vote accordingly. Yeah. Uh, um, another one of those issues that uh, – because because you and I have talked about this uh, on the program before. Um, our regular listeners uh, – in fact, if you're not a regular listener, you want to hear a little bit more about this, you can go back to uh, our September Back to School show when uh, Sister Carol Semino came on and uh, w- you know we got kind of an update on another issue that we in particular are concerned about in this diocese, in this area of western New York, the education tax Credit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another one. Any any further information on where we're at with that, Kevin? It, it, again, we're in the election cycle now, so nothing yeah. is happening. In that's Albany. the problem. Yes. You know, this yeah. stuff gets pushed mm-hmm. to the background, mm-hmm. and it's still important. We need to we need to stay on top of these things. And again, it's you, people need to ask their their candidates, where do you stand on this education investment tax credit, which would benefit not just Catholic uh, elementary schools, it would it would it would benefit private schools. Uh, other you know private schools it would also benefit public schools and there's been great opposition in the public sector to this but this would benefit public schools and and public schools could use the assist that this would provide. It would, it would assist public school teachers as well. But there's been tremendous opposition to it and, and the church continues to really press this because it's a, the, the, when you lose these local Catholic schools, 
and other private schools, it puts more of a burden on the public schools because it costs a great deal more to educate a student in a public school than it does in a private school. Uh, those are just a couple mm-hmm. of the the direct issues outside of the big election cycle that that we're concerned about. Now, Kevin, we've talked a lot about kind of the why and and you know how do we go about this kind of stuff. Uh, before we go here, let's get down to the brass tacks. What should people be doing really this week as we gear up for an mm-hmm. election that is immediately upon us? Well, as you've mentioned, visit buffalodiocese.org and and click on that advocacy tab and and look at faithful citizenship. Uh, Look at the document from the New York State Catholic Conference regarding permissible church activities during an election and more importantly, prohibited church activities. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but for example, uh, the church can endorse or oppose legislation but cannot endorse or oppose candidates for political office. We can encourage letter writing and phone calls and other contacts with candidates. But again, we can't distribute any kind of partisan campaign literature on church property. So to give you an idea of what you can and what you can't do, and this this is all based on what the Internal Revenue Service Code allows a tax-exempt organization to do. Basically, we're prohibited from participating or intervening in political campaigns on behalf or in opposition to any candidate or political party. So visit those sites uh, and uh, another big one that uh, you hear Kevin's voice on just about every program still talking about it, the Catholic Action Network at the New York State Catholic Conference. That's all linked on buffalodiocese.org as well. Kevin, thank you so much for kind of helping clear up the waters for us at least a little bit this year. Pretty murky waters Mm -hmm. we're swimming in. Thank you very much. (laughs) Keep your head above water. (laughs) Kevin Keenan, our uh, chairperson for our public policy committee for the Diocese of Buffalo. Again, buffalodiocese.org, all the issues we talked about today. You can also look under news and media for our podcasts. Also, wnycatholic.org. Dare I say between those two sites, we there's pretty much information on everything we talked about today, and it's easily searchable and very easy to find at both buffalodiocese.org and wnycatholic.org. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. 